Welcome to episode three of Dom Day Tales, the official podcast at Dom Day. I'm joined once again by my esteemed co-hosts, Babe, Cote, and Donnie. And once again, we have our executive producer, Dizzy, behind the glass. You're in for another great episode as we take a look at some more memories from Dom Day 2 through Dom Day 5. We're sure to have plenty of more stories on tap, so throw on your blender, mix yourself a drink, and grab your favorite lawn chair. We're sure to have a lot more laughs coming your way. Welcome back, gentlemen. Hey, Justin, good to hear from you. Uh, Certainly, and you you missed your intro at the the start, but certainly Justin (laughs) Size, a uh, uh, huge contributor to this podcast, and we certainly appreciate you hosting and having to listen to all this bullshit. Oh, I don't mind. I don't mind. Dizzy's Dizzy's paying me a huge salary to be here, so I uh, I can't complain. There you go. Awesome. So, guys, we're going to kick it off with Dom Day 2. Um, and Dom Day 2 is an interesting one because uh, a Dom Day legend brings his team to Dom Day. Um, Al McRae. I am surprised that he found the money to put together in order to field a, field a team in Dom Day 2. Um, but he brings an expansion team and babe, I'm going to start with you because my understanding is you were a member of the expansion team, the Dumac dogs. Tell me a bit about this team. Well, the dogs had a tremendous infield and we actually had a lot of practice and, and the Dumac name came from a construction company that were building homes and they weren't the best homes. We called them Dumac shit houses. And that's where Al came up with the name uh, Dumac dogs and so we would practice, we would get together and there was myself, Cote, there was, I, I want to say uh, Mike Pickle and did we have Chevy too? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah. And so we had, it was a really fun team. And uh, one of the best memories of that was the night before Dom Day, we're all fired up and we go and we practice and we go back to Cote's place and we're in the basement and we got Mike Pickle there and he is the first choice. I think overall he's, he is the pride and joy of the Dumac dogs and Cote's drinking a few. We're having a few more and they had the old stubby bottles and Cote used to be able to drop kick a bottle. So without breaking it. And it was, it was pretty impressive. And he is an impressive guy as we all know, but he drop kicks one hits Mike Pickle right in the eye, cuts him for three stitches above his eye. His eyes all swollen up. But he's, he's bleeding like a stuffed pig, and we've got the towels on him, and we're okay. But he doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want to leave because we're having a fun time, having a few pops before the tournament starts. And uh, we end up taking him to Tropico uh, <coughs> General, as it was fairly new. And they stitched him up, and it was brilliant. It was just, you know, another great memory of, of Dom Day when you got – a guy like Cote sitting around and having a few drinks. You just never know what's going to happen. So was this a couple of days before the tournament? This is the night before. This oh, is the, the night, night before. It was the Friday night. And I can't remember if we dragged Makote down to take a look yeah. at it, being a yeah. former nurse, right? Her and Mark Patterson, nursing friends from Toronto for many, many, many years. But uh, yeah, I don't know if we dragged her down or not, but it was like – we were worried about him, but we're also pissing ourselves laughing. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. And like pickle, like an esteemed athlete, right. Played for St. Mike's for, and then went on to a bowling green on a scholarship and was a good lacrosse player. And there's this low life Cote from Rexdale drop kicks a bottle <laughs> and almost takes out our first round pick, our first pick overall <laughs> the night before the tournament. It was beautiful. Oh. How many guys were there? We had like, I think there were six of us. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, I and I do remember your mom coming down and saying, yeah, you know what, uh, Paul, I believe he needs some stitches. <laughs> it's the only way Ma Kote could say it. And then she yeah. just, uh, you know, left and went upstairs. 
yeah, it was priceless. That's funny. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. So we, I, I think this, you know, is starting to turn into a bit of a segment here. Last time we were talking about Cote on the roof, and and this time we're talking about Cote drop kicking a uh, a beer bottle into a guy named Mike Pickle's face. I feel like our newest segment is what the fuck was Cote doing that night? I think we've got that's the we. It's the we hour. We yeah. did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so the Dumac Dogs are joined as an expansion team. And, and Donnie, my understanding is prior to kind of Dom Day starting, there was something called a fake-out letter um, that in, involved Al McRae. Do you want to kind of jump in and tell us a bit about that story? Yeah, so, the, the, you know, there were, there were a lot of these so-called fake-out letters. And uh, I think they probably started, you know, before Dom Day 1, and they just kept rolling and seemed to get better with age. Um, but one of the, one of the all-time classics, if not the all-time classic was, was, uh, with involved Al. So, so Al was, uh, Al was a pretty good hockey player. Um, and he played, uh, provincial junior a and, um, he thought he was going to the show. Right. And so, uh, like, like a lot of guys. And, uh, so, uh, we, uh, are watching it one of his games one night. Uh, I think it was at Western Arena, and Al had a good game. You know, I think uh, I think they lost six to three, but I want to say Al had three goals. Like he had, he had a really good game and everything. So, so Case and I, you know, go back to uh, Case's place on Barhead, and we're up in the room there. And remember all the the sayings <laughs> on, the, on the wall. That was great. That yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Case had all these guys that whoever would visit his room would write like some little scripture on the wall and sign it. So when you went up there, I mean, he, he had hundreds of them all over the wall. Right. And so, but we, we did a lot of our best creativity was done in that room. And uh, so we were up there and like joking about Al. And so, so I got on the typewriter and then um, Case and I, and we're like, okay, let's send Al a scholarship letter. So, and we're like, from where, you know, from, from uh, Western or from, you know, uh, Queens or whatever. And we're like, no, let's, we'll make up something. So we get out the, the Atlas, right? Again, pre-internet, pre all that stuff. I guess Miss, Mr. P or Mrs. P had an Atlas in the house or, or a roadmap. Maybe it was a roadmap, you know, open up the old gas station roadmap. And we're looking all over, Ontario and we see this little town in southwest Ontario called Maidstone and so I'm like okay Maidstone Community College so I, I get on the typewriter and I write I write I type up letterhead Maidstone Community College picked an address and a phone number whatever and and this is the beauty that so that was the early the early days when everything we did was done on a typewriter. It's amazing when you think back on it, like how it even flew. Right. Cause now you, if you got something like that, you'd be like, yeah, right. But then, you know, we, 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 we made it look good somehow. And so we wrote this letter, dear, you know, dear Al and the, the coach's name, which I can't remember what we used, but some, some fictitious name. We said, dear Al, we, we were scouting your game last night. At, it's an arena. And we're very impressed with your, with your play and uh, you have a way to find the back of the net and you're just, you're, you're just all around playing, you know, in all three zones and we're just going on and on and on. And we know you've had offers. That was the thing, right? Cause Al, Al, Al had said like Cornell had, had talked to him or looked at him. We were like, 
Cornell, <laughs> you know, and so, so, you know, so we said, we know you've talked to Cornell and whoever else, and, but we'd really like you, you know, to, look, to look at Maidstone and we're prepared to offer you a full ride to Maidstone and we want you next fall. Um, and so we, you know, we signed it, whatever, it was a one page, two or three paragraphs signed head coach, Maidstone Community College ice hockey, put it in an envelope, mailed it the next day. So, you know, Al and I went to West Humber along with the, a lot of the other guys. Case was at TCI. And I, truthfully, I had forgotten about it. And uh, so we're sitting in the common room. We have the common room where everybody used to hang out in between classes or before and after school. And we're sitting in the common room and I'm at the back of the common room. Um, I, yes, I don't even know. I know Jed was with me. I remember Jed was with me. And then so, so uh, all of a sudden the door bursts open. And I mean, like it bursts open. So the door slammed against the side, right? And then Al comes busting in and he's waving this piece of paper, you know, like a lasso. And he's going full boat, full boat, full boat. And where everybody's like, what, Al? I'm in the back of the room and I, all of a sudden it's all clicking, right? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so I'm like hiding in the back of the room, right? And he's going full boat. I got a full ride. I got a full ride to Maidstone. You know, they want me for the fall. You know, they were, they were at my game last night and, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, the rest of the room, except I think maybe Jed was like, you know, looking at me and whatever. And, and so the rest of the room's like, Oh, Al, that's great. That's great. Where, where is it? Maidstone. I, I don't know. Maidstone. Nobody ever, nobody'd heard of Maidstone. So, so he goes, and as it turned out, the guidance office was right across the hall. Right. So he goes, I'm going to the guidance office. So he goes into the guidance office and as you know, as he would tell us later, he went in there and said, I just got a full scholarship to Maidstone community college. Can you tell me a little bit about it? And I don't know who the guidance teacher was. Lil will remember, but uh, I think got out the book of colleges or whatever and looked through and there was no, no Maidstone. And so he finally dropped the bomb to Al that, you know, this is, and he grabbed the letter and said, this isn't, you know, I don't think this is real or whatever. So Al walked back across the hall, came in the room, somber look on his face. I mean, it was just at that point in time, honestly, I was starting to feel bad. Right. Cause he, he was, I mean, that was, we had faked him right out and he, he was, he was on top of the world for, for five or 10 minutes and then came crashing down. <laughs> oh, and then I, I called case, right. The, uh, Seven four one four three seven two, big. Yeah, that was it. Three seven two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I called Case, and like he just lost it, you know. <laughs> so, so, but that was the, you know, Al, lovable guy. I mean, love him to death. He, he's, he's, uh, he's a character, and, and man, he could howl and hoot and laugh and have fun like nobody else. And uh, but gullible, yeah, you know, and uh, and so we took him to the cleaners on that one. So. It's funny. So yeah. these fake out letters though, Donnie, did you guys send any other ones or was this the only kind of yeah. fake out letter that you had sent? No, I mean, there, there was a lot of them. So, you know, I just thought of another one that, uh, you know, so not another Dom day guy, but I'll tell the one, the one we, we, uh, actually with Jed, uh, case and I drafted up some letter and 
popped it in the mail to Jed's house. And case it got to the point where Case and I actually uh, rented a little post office box in Rexdale's post office. So it was PO box 1401 or whatever. So we would, when we sent the letter, it would be, you know, uh, you know, whatever iron workers union of, of Ontario PO box for, you know, 1401 Rexdale, Ontario, whatever. Again, typed it on the letter, you know, with, with my typewriter typed it on the letterhead and we sent this thing to Jed uh, and I wish I could remember the specifics, but all I know is we were asking for money. So we wanted $5 for some donation to some, you know, I think it had something to do with motorcycles, right? Cause Jed was so yeah. into the, it might've been the motorcycles club of Ontario or something, you know, your $5 uh, fee is due. Right. And we sent it off to Jed, whatever. And then we come to find out again, you, you so you get it going, you're laughing, you fire it in the mailbox and it sort of disappears from you. And then we hear from Jed, Jed comes to, to, to me, I think it says, hey, what the fuck are you guys doing? And like, what, you know, the deadpan face of Jed, right? And when, the, what do you mean? Well, well, my dad is there when I got the letter for, you know, he for the $5 fee, you know, and he's going to, he wants to charge you with mail fraud. <laughs> so, I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> so, so we, and then there another one like that. So with Eric, right. Eric Niskanen, he worked at the, at the constellation hotel. He was the, um, I want to say like the director of procurement sure, yeah. or something, right. For the hotel, which was a big having hotel at the time, huge hotel. And he was the one that handled all the purchasing, you know, and, and also, um, so I, uh, I, gra- I drafted up something and, uh, and we sent it, uh, so Case and I, we sent it to Eric and it was, uh, you know, we're, we're running a charity event and, uh, uh, uh oh, no, it was a thank you letter. Thank right? you. So, yeah. So I said, I, I mailed it there. I said, Eric, we want to thank you. The charity, whatever it was, some, some bullshit thing. We raised X amount of money and whatever. We would like to thank you for the 500 pounds of beef that you donated to the event it really went over well. And, you know, we were able to feed, you know, 150 guests or whatever it was, you know, and uh, so sent it off. And again, and then Eric calls me one day, right? So he calls me at home. He's at work and he goes, Donnie, he said, is this you? Whatever. He says, I'm going to get fired. My, my boss opened the mail and wanted to know why I gave away whatever it was, 500 pounds of beef, an enormous number. Maybe it was more than that. It was like, to the point where you, if you read that, you'd be like, what the hell is this guy doing? So they got, it got to the, the guy and he, he was a German guy. I, I want to say he was a German guy or, you know, and, uh, and not a great command of the English language, but he wouldn't believe Eric. Eric was trying to explain it. And he was using the Maidstone letter and using the, the Jed letter and the Sobe letter or whatever it was and tell him the guy wouldn't believe it. So I had to go, to the Constellation Hotel the next day. I had to go in and I bring, you know, samples of my, my repertoire. Right? With all, <laughs> I had the evidence to this guy that it, was, yeah. that, that it was a joke. You had and, to bring in your portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here are my other crimes. It was like an interview, you know? Yeah. And, and finally, he, finally, he let Eric, Eric off the hook. But I mean, Eric was this close to, to losing his job. You know, I and mean, which was a great job he had, and uh, so that was—I don't know if I, we scaled back a little after that, or probably not. We probably no, no. College, no. At that point, you ramped it up, yeah, because then it, then it would. So at the time, I was working for my for Burp, right, for my dad, 
and doing a lot of plumbing and heating jobs. Right. And so I would go on a job with, uh, with whoever. And, and then, so we had jobs and this is a great one too. So we had a job at the hockey hall of fame, the old hockey hall of fame down at the X Remember the one at the X. Yeah. And then we also had a job at CFTO out in, uh, agent court, agent court. Yeah. We had a job there. And so as I was, you know, and a lot of these were night jobs. And so as I was scooting around, I'd see letterhead sitting on the secretary's desk, right? <laughs> so I'd, I'd grab an inch of it and throw it in my bag or whatever, right? And so I had all this letterhead. So Case and I got together and we're like, okay, let's scheme, scheme this guy. So Jerry Sobey, who played with us on the Warriors, right? Fun-loving guy, great guy, and just a tad gullible. So we sent Jerry two letters, one, one from CFTO, one from the Hockey Hall of Fame. And the letters basically said, we're doing a filming. Um, CFTO is going to do a filming at the Hockey Hall of Fame, but we're going to um, basically induct for lacrosse. So you're going to be, you know, you're going to be a, a lacrosse uh, nominee, and we're going to have CFTO there. They're going to do an interview. It's going to be on the news and whatever. We need you to be there on Wednesday, whatever March it was, at 10 a.m. Because at that time, remember, babe, we were doing a clinic. We were doing a, a lacrosse clinic at March break uh, up at one of the public schools right up near Jamestown there. We were doing a, a lacrosse clinic and Sobe was with us. So it was Sobe, me, Case. Were you there, babe? Or, no, I wasn't there. Eric, a couple, five guys and Jimmy Hinkson, right? And we're doing this, hey, why don't you play lacrosse? Welcome to lacrosse kind of thing. And Jerry was one of the instructors and it was Monday through Friday from nine to noon. And so we knew Jerry was supposed to be there on Wednesday. So we set it up for Wednesday, 10 a.m. at the Hockey Hall of Fame. Same sort of letter went out from CFTO, sent the letters a week before. So we go to the, we go to the clinic Monday, go through everything. Tuesday, go through the Wednesday is the day, right? We, Jerry doesn't show up. So, so we're at the clinic and Jerry's not there. And we're like, Case and I are like, oh my God. So he went. So he took it hook, line and sinker. He went down. Told us later, he went down. Finally, we admitted it because we didn't say a word, too. It was like, you know, golden silence is golden. We didn't say a word for a week or two. And finally, we got out of him that he had gone all the way down to the Hall of Fame, went in and started asking people, you know, where's the filming for the Jerry Sobe, you know, nomination or whatever. And uh, <laughs> so these things just kept going and going. I mean, just, just crazy. And then eventually evolved to, just to another one that's a great one involving Sid, you know, so Randy Sibick, um, you know, and the beauty was Case also worked at a print shop, oh, right? Yeah. So he had access to a lot of printing and things. And so we had an election coming up and people were starting to put up, put up signs on the lawn and on the corners that said reelect so-and-so, whatever. So, so Case took a picture of Sid from the Warriors program and blew it up on an eight by 10 piece of paper. And then we typed in at the top, Re-elect Sir Cedric J. Hardiman, and then at the bottom for controller, controller, and he, we printed up a thousand of them, right? And one night, one night we get out and we blitzed Rexdale. I mean, every telephone pole in Rexdale had one of these. We took staplers and, just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just it was nuts. <laughs> we had them all over the place, and we went heavy duty on on Hockett uh, yeah. or Sidley, <laughs> and. Uh, Oh my God! His and, he, and, he, and he won the election too, right? would <laughs> have. It was it was a landslide too. <laughs> so so back to back to kind of where where we started on this with with Al McRae. 
Um, and and the the probably the the number one hockey player in the history of Maidstone um, brings the Dumac Dogs into Dom Day Two, and Babe and Cote. My understanding is you guys were were both Dumac Dogs, and and Donnie the the Beasleys went over in Dom Day One, but were they back in in Dom Day Two? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, di- we didn't have the Ofer rule then. Um, and I think we went Ofer again in Dom Day, Dom Day 2. <laughs> and, a, and a tradition was born like none other, right? Right. But, yeah. yeah, we were back. We did not have any any rule in place about, you know, a pathetic coach losing his franchise. So, fortunately. Yeah. But, yeah, right. so we, we were back. So, we, we, we went to five teams, was it? Or did, did uh, I Dom Day 2? No, we think. Uh, did Gallagher drop out? Yeah, yeah I, think so. I think so. Yeah. I think After he getting dropped. destroyed in Dom Day One. Chuck quit. Yeah. Yeah. He quit. I think it was so, so how okay, so Dom Day Dom Day Two. Um little different than Dom Day One. You guys have obviously had some time to plan it. Spent a year since Canada Day the year before planning this. All the teams had jerseys this this go around, my understanding. Yes. Yeah, everybody did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was I mean it was well talked about too before that everybody was going to have jerseys. And Al, as I said, Al came up with these Dumac dog shirts. They were orange. And because, yeah, you know, he obviously got them on sale somewhere. And <laughs> I, I don't even know if they fit anybody. They were, and were they, they, were they, pretty, they were pretty small. I think they were like kid sizes. And, and were they written in, in permanent marker? <laughs> did, he, did he handwrite Dumac yeah. on it? No, it actually had them. He had them, uh, I think, ironed on. Yeah, I've, I've got a I've got a Dumac Dogs jersey, um, which which is you know definitely a collectible now, but uh, it has permanent marker for sure on it. There was something I think that he had scratched out in the Dumac Dogs logo that he had had printed on, so it could never go into the washing machine, and it's probably um, infested by now. But um, so all the teams have jerseys, and I know we talked about last episode about um, you know hit the line drive, and and there's no home run fence, and the ball will just keep going. My understanding is Dom Day 2 is the first year that you guys bring in what you then eventually called the Eddie Milton Monster. Um, and it was borrowed uh, from the Centennial Stadium. And it becomes the first year that you guys have a home run fence. Um, but I use the term borrowed very loosely. Um, so how did it go about that you guys end up with this, this fence from Centennial Stadium at, at Casefield? And Babe, I don't know if you want to jump in. Were you there? Well, yeah, I was... I was not actually at the place where they took the uh, at Centennial when Chevy took the fence, but Chevy had this great idea that because I guess he had been out to Centennial and said, I know I can get that fence. And so he went out and I, I forget how it was put on, but I don't know he had snippers or something and he, he took her down, but it was, it was a green one and it was mesh and it was great. And so he rolled her up and brought her back and, you know, we laid her out on the field. It was, it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hate to involve a guy again, but I, I want to say Ron Rothfuchs was involved because we had his van. I was there at the field we were on the, we were on the end of the field and it sort of has a hill up and then there's a little at the time, anyhow, just a little three foot fence around. We just jumped the fence and Chevy went crazy and grabbed this stuff and just started rolling up, rolling up, putting it, put it in the van. And did we not put it up that night? I, 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 th- I think, uh, I think we did it. I, I want to say at midnight, but maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah, me too. 
I mean, I, I, I don't know if it was the night before the tournament. It had to be if we did. Um, yeah. Either and, that or we put it up the next night at midnight. Uh, yeah. But it was right before the tournament. And again, it was another spur of the moment thing. You know, we need a home run fence. Okay, where are we going to get one? And Chevy comes up with this, you know. And, and Cote, do you think Booz was involved in this decision? Oh, probably, but I and I, I do remember it at night. I, I think it was on the Friday night. Like I think we, I do too. We, we did it yeah. that night, and I think we went right and set the thing up right, right then and there, and stuff like that. Right. So yeah, and so three three quarters of the guys or more had no idea until they showed up for game day that we had, that we now had a home run fence, you know. And then on the way back, do you remember what else we got on the way back? That was the flags, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the flags from the Texaco. Yeah, so the the original, yeah, you know, and I think we still have the original Canadian flag in the in that bag that we got from Texaco, borrowed from Texaco. Well, <laughs> I I think that's the original Canadian flag. And the Texaco was um, at the top end of Redwater, right? If you Redwater, and then if you had gone straight across the street, there wasn't yep. the Texaco at one of those two corners. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Just so, down from McDonald's. So yeah. Chevy, Chevy was I, my understanding is the ringleader of of both of these instances of of borrowing um, property from local areas in uh, in Rexdale. So the next question I guess I have is Eddie Milton. Where does he come into this whole thing? Because you guys obviously borrowed year one um, the fence, and my understanding is you kept borrowing it for a few years after. But where did kind of the Eddie Milton story come in into place? Who, for those who, you know, I think most do know, but Eddie Milton is now the award that, you know, we give out for the person who uh, has, you know, let's say the most contribution to Dom Day um, and has become a bit of kind of Dom Day legend. But for, for the young guys like us, don't know who Eddie Milton was. So who is Eddie Milton, I guess, is the question I have. Yeah, so so I I don't know how long we had the, that green mesh fence was it just the one year and then and we uh, borrowed another one yeah remember we just left it at the field okay we, i don't even know if we rolled it up if we just left it and then mo mccray threw one out we had one that was yeah. stored stored in in al's garage and she uh inadvertently threw it out one year on a, on a trash drive or whatever but we got to the point where we again you know, somebody should, uh, should win an award for thinking, okay, why don't we um, call the borough of Etobicoke and see if we can get a snow fence, snow fence, right? And so I remember calling um, the borough and just, you know, phone tag, trying to find out <clears throat> who to talk to. And they finally put me in touch with this guy, Eddie Milton. And I was like, uh, Mr. Milton, we're doing a we're doing a tournament and we need a i want to we want to put a fence up so we need a some of that red uh snow fence and some poles can you help us out and he was like yeah not a problem you know where do you want them when do you want them <laughs> sort of and i remember being with lil too and we like hung up the phone and we went yes you know it was like i don't know we just thought we weren't going to get them and then uh, so eddie eddie was our guy so he would delivered uh I don't know if that's Dom Day three or four. I think four. Yeah, something like that. So Eddie comes on the scene, and then he's our guy. And then I've got Eddie's number. Uh, and then year after year, it was 
call Eddie Milton, right? And then one year I called and they said, Eddie's no longer with us. And he passed away, you know? And I'm like, oh shit, are you kidding me? And then they put us on to whoever, but it, was, it wasn't the same because Eddie was right into it. You know, oh, the guy's from Dom Day, you know? And he would, he would just perk up and whatever. So, so we decided to, to name an award after him uh, for the person who helped us out the most with the tournament. But yeah, but uh, it's kind of cool. another field story. And I think it would have been just probably Dom day three or four at the most, but was that time that we wanted a set of bleachers for the spectators to sit at. Oh, geez. So yeah. we went to the um, old Rexdale park, which is just um, the small park that backs on. It actually had a lower box, right? It had a, or it had a, it had a box across uh, uh, asphalt uh, box that was there that these guys would practice at and stuff like that. That was probably the closest one to your house, eh, babe and Donnie. Yeah. And, um, but they had a lovely set of bleachers, but like big, I don't know, they probably went five, four levels and they were heavy. And after getting into some booze the night before the tournament, the one year, we just we got a raft of guys and picked it up and carried it. And that, that'd be, it'd be over half a kilometer. We carried that thing. Yeah. yeah, we remember we'd take it like five steps. We'd have to put it down, yeah. and and guys that have beers with us. So <laughs> then we'd swath back a couple of slurps, and then and then and get more of it. But that was classic. So that was another one where the tournament would have ended. There was no attempt to re- take it back. We just left no. it there, <laughs> and that would have been up to the boys from the city of Etobicoke <laughs> to go and figure out how to get this monster. So one, how to get there. That was a bigger mystery than the, um, the those big, huge rocks over in England. Stonehenge? Many years. Yeah. Yeah. Bigger than Stonehenge? Yeah, bigger than Stonehenge. How did this? How did these bleachers get to Rexdale Public School? And and didn't you guys build a, a scoreboard as well at one point? Yeah. Or, or find a, couple a score? Of them. A couple of yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, yeah, they, they built, also would go missing periodically. Yeah. <laughs> built scoreboards and had numbers that you hang on for the innings and <laughs> team names and, and actually the year was built to change every year, whatever. Somebody, somebody screwed it up. Didn't how do have it in his garage? Yeah. Either? I think he had it. Lyle threw it out. Or oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so needless to say, I guess kind of Dom day two is the, you know, really when this started to become a production it started to become something bigger than just showing up at, at a field and, and playing ball, pick up ball. This was jerseys. This was, you know, getting a fence from Centennial. This, this was real now. And, and Cote was telling us, you know, that guys were practicing, you know, people, people <laughs> wanted to win. Um, and, and Cote, I know you were on the red machine in year one. So you were an expert from practicing on year two. Um, but how, how often do you think Cote, you guys, the Dumac dogs were, were practicing uh, leading up to Dom day? We might've practiced three or four times. Cause again, the draft would have been what two weeks before we played Don. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, yeah. it, it wasn't much more than that. So, and, but no, again, we weeks. were always playing on Tuesday, Thursday nights. Still, we played pickup in those original years on just with, with whatever guys were around. And then once our, once the teams were picked, I think everybody practiced exactly what you said, Justin, guys wanted to win guys yeah. wanted to win. And, and so you, you know, you're, you'd have a bit of idea of who you was going to play in your infield and you'd throw it around and you think you knew what you're doing, but it was, uh, you know, once you once you got there to the actual weekend, everybody was shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I guess Donnie going over and back to back years. Did did you guys practice? No, no, <laughs> no. no. We no. had nice uniforms again. Yeah. yeah. So did we, uh, did did Al Skira let you come out of his car again, or you have a, a new entrance, or just kind of winged it? 
No, I had Al again. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a lifer. I had two, there was two guys that <laughs> probably a mistake of my franchise was two guys I always tried to get my hands on were Al Skier and Saul Betash. <laughs> they, you know, they both played for me, I think, more than anybody else. And we loved having them and they were awful. Non-athletes. <laughs> yeah, that, that Saul Batash name is one we're going to need to visit at yeah. some point because I, I do not, still do not believe that to be a real person that existed. But I, I don't um, want to get to that story. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so Dom Day, Dom Day 2, guys, it, it, it wraps up. So Chevy is kind of instrumental in, in, you know, the Centennial Fence and, and the Canadian flags from Texaco. He wins the first ever Rookie of the Year that year. Do any of those, does the, does it, is it baseball based at that point? Or is it the fact that he, you know, oh, yeah. kind of led these things? He that... was incredible. Yeah. yeah. He was I mean, a great athlete. Yeah. Unbelievable athlete. And, and honestly, one of the few guys I know that played better at any sport after an all night bender, it was just amazing. Like even in lacrosse or whatever, like when he was out slugging them down or whatever, and out till all hours, he'd get up the next day and he'd be phenomenal. You know, he was one of those guys where you didn't want him to get rest. You know, he was not as good. And so Dom Day was his thing. I mean, and again, our, most of our listeners will not be able to picture this guy, right, babe? I mean, they're, you know, the guy that won the rookie of the year <laughs> does not resemble in any manner the fellow that you see now. What uh, position would Chevy have played just for us to, would he have been a shortstop outfielder? Outfielder, like, I want to say. Oh, he was an outfielder? Yeah. But he could play anywhere. Yeah, he, he could do anything. And he was lightning fast. I mean, he could yeah. he just rip around the bases, you know. And uh, I'll never forget this blue and white uh, sweatband he had uh, <laughs> all the time. And he had long hair, but he was a rake, right? Like, he had, he had no belly. He was concave, actually. Like, he was just, you know, you guys, <laughs> you guys wouldn't believe it, you know? And... Uh, just unbelievable. Anyway, he just used to amaze me at that. Uh, he was, he was just unreal. And uh, so he, 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 I think he was a major factor in that, in that, that win for that franchise. You know? um, yeah. So, so he wins, he wins. Um, Dumac dogs go on to win um, and they defeat the red machine uh, in the finals and they become the, uh, the second, I mean, first time winner uh, to win in their, their, their rookie year. Red machine obviously did it year one. Dumac Dogs did it in, in year uh, year two. They won in their first year. And there were uh, five total franchises that have done this. And this is an interesting stat only because, you know, two of the guys on this podcast uh, can also brag to this feat. But uh, in addition to the Dumac Dogs and, and the Red Machine winning in their first year, the Hotel 19, um, the Whippersnappers, which is my personal favorite, the Lip Bombers, and the Spartans also won in, in their first year. So um, the Dumac Dogs kind of became the first true winner in, first, in the first year because the Red Machine, obviously, it was Dom Day 1, whoever won, was going to uh, gonna win in their first year. So after, after the tournament, you guys have uh, the party at, uh, my understanding is at Don Escura's uh, place. Um, and was this a Saturday party once again, or was it a Sunday party? Does anybody remember? Saturday. A Saturday again? Yeah. yeah. Um, any any good but, stories from Donna's that night? That was uh, the night that Sid plowed his vehicle into the ditch, wasn't it, Donnie? Yeah. Yeah. But Donnie, weren't we, weren't we, were we two days then or no? Yeah. I think we went yeah. two. I was just going to say, didn't we go two days? We had the playoffs. We went to a playoff. Well, yeah. Right. But I think the party was after the finals, wasn't it? 
Was it? Could have been. No, I, I thought it was still the Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could have been. But, so it all depends. I don't know when July 1st was that year. Uh, we'll have to look that up. Though. I'm guessing it was a Sunday. Uh, and we, you know, it always depended on that, right? Um, when, when the holiday was, was when, and if you look back on the, on the list of the parties, the great ones were the ones that had the next day where everybody was off work, right? Particularly as we got older. Not, I'm not so sure it mattered back in 79, but I, I can't remember, but I, th- I think it, we went to a two-day format where we had the semifinals and the final on yeah, the Saturday. Sunday. Yeah. On the Sunday. Because yeah. we, we had five teams, so only Beasley's didn't make it. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it was four teams, right? Yep, four teams. Yeah, so July first was the Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Pardon me. Well, uh, in seventy eight. In seventy nine. Seventy nine. Yeah. yeah. Seventy nine. Yeah, was... July first was the Sunday. So yeah, that would have worked because guys probably the Monday in Canada would have been the holiday. Right. Yeah. So that's probably what we did. Yeah. And Sid put his car in a ditch. You know, doesn't make him a bad guy. You know, he, <laughs> he's never a great driver, anyway. No, no, no. <laughs> he, he was a terrible. He was a notch guy. above Pete, but that's yeah. <laughs> And then when you when you put a few cold ones in him and then ask him to drive, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. So it didn't work out that night for him. But awesome, was- awesome. So okay, so that's Dom Day Two, guys. Just kind of high level. Um, some of the things uh, of Dom Day Two. Go on to Dom Day Three. A uh, year later, obviously, um, and this is the first championship for uh, you know the the boys. And and I know these are years that generally people don't want to talk about. Talk about the years that Bobby Brandt won Dom Day, but we got to kind of dip our toe into it at, at least. And my understanding is that Bobby Brandt made the first trade in in Dom Day history in, at Dom Day three, and that led to him winning the championship. Um, and he acquired. Third baseman Howie Rennick is my understanding. Donnie, do you remember kind of that trade at all? How it went down? With, you know where the draft was, or or any of the stuff around that trade? Good question. Um, so yeah, so in the draft, uh, Dom Day two. Where was that draft? Does anybody remember? I don't know. Uh, I, I think that's, that's the right answer. I can't remember what happened to Dom Day 3 uh, draft-wise. But I know we started to gather um, at various drinking establishments to have the draft. So it was no longer a home event. And we went to, uh, could have been the Skyline, uh, could have been just some, you know, uh, run-of-the-mill bar anywhere. Uh where we, I don't recall the specifics on the how do trade. I don't think it's one of those things that anybody in the baseball world would remember. Uh, Nor gave a shit about (laughs) (laughs) the wrong franchise won that year. Yeah. Um, uh, But again, Howie, there's another guy, right? If you look, if you look at the, uh, and I guess this applies to most of the guys, but you look at pictures of how do and Dom day three, I mean, you would never believe that 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 is the current <laughs> guy that prowls yeah. the sidelines, right? I mean, he's just yeah. And and how do was a baseball guy, right? Yeah. Like pure and pure. I mean, he he. I'm not sure anybody 
other, I don't know. Don't let Pete hear, hear me tell you this, but knows the game better than Howie. I mean, he's, he's just all over it. Right. And so this was his, this was his thing. And he, and of course, living right across from the field, you know, um, he was a natural, but boy, was he into it. I mean, he was full bore competitive baseball, you know, and I can't say that for the guys that were on my team. Um, you know, we were, we were full bore competitive fun, you know, so. Just, and just, Justin, a bit about how he, so as Donnie said, he, his parents' house out their front door faced straight across to home plate. Like, and uh, his, his dad, Lyle was an awesome man, right? Babe, you could attest to that. And his dad, he never came over to the park, but he would sit on that porch and watch the entire tournament. He would never budge from there. And, uh, he, you know, guys had made take turns going over and saying hi to him and stuff like that, but he'd sit on that porch and, uh, Lyle, Lyle was a tremendous individual and, uh, certainly left the world a little too early, but, uh, he was a great guy. Great man. Awesome. And how he, how he would have been, he was a third, my understanding was he was a third baseman when he, when he played Dom day, right. He that was his, he was the hot corner. Yeah. And he was yeah. good. As he was good, good. said, like he understood the game. He played, he was a good player. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I can vouch for that as, as somebody who had him had him coaching uh, with me for for a few years. I, I will definitely say I did not bring any of the baseball knowledge. Um, that was definitely a Howie thing. Um, so yeah, no, I can I can definitely see what you guys are are saying about that. Yeah, he used to coach a a, a, a women's team at Rexdale yeah. at Rebstill Public School, like long after we had started Dom Day. He kept he kept coaching there. And he didn't he coach at Case Field too? Like, didn't the girls play there? Yeah, that's yeah, what I mean. Case Field, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Public. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he was into it. He loved it. Yeah. So, uh, Dom we, have, we oh. have no idea who he was traded for, and then whether or not it was successful. They may have won without him. You know. So. <laughs> that's that's yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So okay, so the the Howie trade is is a big thing, and and another big thing from Dom Day Three is that the first silver brick is awarded and and i gotta admit the winner of this silver brick the first ever silver brick surprised me um he's a ninth rounder um and i gotta be very careful about what what i say because he's still on the payroll he's still very much involved in in running this thing um so so dizzy we might need to you know edit around the the edges on this but but uh mike minnow uh won won the first ever silver brick um he was drafted high enough to to win that I think obviously. Yeah. obviously, yeah, huh? I think he was. I think, I think he, he was, was in un, like a, he was an unknown talent at the time. Yeah. You know, it was sort of a flyer. You know, you get a new guy in the tournament, and you you know, regardless of how good he is, you take a flyer on him, right? And that was a bad flyer. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, was, uh, was he a Beasley? No, no, no. He didn't play never, lacrosse. Never. No. Oh, but he probably got into the booze though. Knowing Minnow, he that probably was a bit of the downfall. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was challenged. Uh, yeah. He probably he probably uh, ran up the uh, the income for Mike Futa that day because uh, yeah. wasn't that the year Futa started the uh, collecting bottles? Yeah, yeah. No, young Mike Futa at the at the age of I don't know 10, 11, 10, 12, yeah. started as the inaugural uh, bottle beer bottle collector at Dom Day. So, you know, um, I'm sure Minnow uh, contributed a lot to, to Mike's college education. I so. think they were two, two cents back then. I don't even think they were a nickel. 
I think the original were stubbies were two cents. Yeah. yeah. But he got a pile of them. You know? Yep. Um, you know, harkering back to the first episode when I said, kept saying a lot of these things did involve alcohol, but I think sounds it sounds like they did. Maybe it did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sounds like around Dom Day three, they really yeah. start to involve <laughs> alcohol. Wheels came off. We yeah. ramped up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the alcohol wasn't as big the first couple of years when you were playing. But once you finished playing, then it was, yeah, full bore. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It got it got nuts. So, so another not that, not that that's what it was all about. Certainly, <laughs> yeah. Cote Cote would seem to disagree. So another um, another interesting one is uh, when I you look at the the awards is John Dixon Dicker wins his first of many Rookie of the Year awards. And I got to say, as one of the young guys, I've never fully understood why Dicker wins the rookie of the year whenever we either don't have a rookie or don't like the rookies enough to grant them the rookie of the year. So what what happened? Uh, how did he how did he earn that honor? That's a babe answer. Well, I mean, Dicker's a great guy, like one of the best. And before the first Dom Day, I remember uh, we were over at... Uh, Rivercrest, right? I, I don't, I don't know if I told this story or not. When Dicker got a hit, would have been a triple or a home run anytime, and he stumbled going to first, and he got up and fell again, and stepped in a pothole, went down, and and they threw him out at first, and he was, you know, sort of reaching for the bag, and then he and Womper both decided they weren't going to play Dom Day one because it was on the Queen's plate. So they didn't show right. up. And so right. then Dicker, Dicker became notorious for saying, yeah, you know, I'm in, count me in, count me in. And they never show up. And so that's when we started to say, okay, you know, rookie of the year, let's throw Dicker down. And so it, it became sort of the joke after a while because Dicker would always say, yeah, no, I'll come. I'll be there. Yeah. We'll see you guys there and never show up. And so that's when he became, you know, sort of the rookie of the year. I, I bet he's won it four or five times. Yeah. But he's just a great guy. But he did end up showing up to the track the one time. Yeah, the, actually, a few stage. times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but for the longest time, he 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 wouldn't show up for whatever reason. And yeah. so anytime we had a discussion, you know, where the coaches and the and the uh, execs all get together and decide, you know, or vote on who's going to win the trophies, and it, if it was just sort of a vote, like, oh my God, we can't give it to that guy. We, you know, one of us would say, well, Dicker, let's give it to Dicker. Yeah. So so Dicker it was. And as Babe said, we didn't see him. Babe, Babe and I, I know for as two guys for sure, kept in touch with him. And yeah. leading up to Dom Day, you know, probably six, eight weeks out, we would say, Dick, you coming? You coming? Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. For whatever reason, he wouldn't come. And then I'm guessing it's it's now about 10 years ago, maybe, that he first uh, came back to the track uh, for the for the Windy Gym. And he's he's been the, a number of them since. You know, it's great to see him. I mean. I think I told the story on another episode about the, the Dumpke and the Dicker divisions. And he's just the guy that's a, a Rexdale legend and a Dom day legend. And, and, you know, we'll get into another, another story about Dick, uh, you know, when the, when the hotel won the championship one year, but, uh, <laughs> he was doing the interviews. Yeah. I mean, Dick, uh, he's a great guy. But a good so, hockey player, right? Played provincial yeah. junior A with yes. you, babe, right? Yeah. And 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 played a bit of lacrosse, right? Did he play lacrosse? Yeah, yeah, he played lacrosse yep. too. Yep. Yeah, yep. So I Dicker mean, Dicker wins Dom Day three rookie of the year, but he didn't actually play. 
is what I'm understanding from this story. Correct. Correct. And did he ever play? Ever play Dante? I don't know. No. I'm a little fuzzy I, on that. I, I don't think he ever did. I think he may have been drafted. Yeah. But didn't show. And and through those yeah. blackout years, it was remember how because he had worked at the star, right? And he always said he was working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He worked yeah. at the Toronto Star right down at one Young Street there. So right. yeah, he, right. he never showed up. <laughs> uh Dick Dick. Dick Dick. Jelly Digger. So an, another story we got from <laughs> making those noises. Remember in the back of the car? Oh, yeah. I, remember, I remember another story. Here's another one. Remember we, we started having the golf event, remember? Uh and uh we would do the golf and Dick came Dick and Womp came out to to one of those uh one of those golf events and it was the one we held out in Nobleton. I want to say it was Nobleton or way up there. It was a rainy day. Yep. And uh, remember we played and then we had a party back at my place at my parents' house. And, and that's when uh, we did, Bobby and I did interviews. Uh, so we had a little cassette recorder and a microphone and we went around during the party and interviewed guys about Dom day. You know, what do you think? What do you think? And, and I remember we had Dicker and Whopper on there and I wish we had the damn tape, you know, cause Bobby was like, what do you think Dick? And, and Dick's like, I don't know. What do you think? Womp? What do you think, Dick? What do you think, Womp? What do you think, Dick? <laughs> they were like, we called them one and one A. Right? Yeah. They were always an entry. Either they both were there or neither was there. Right? So, Justin, just so you know, and certainly our listeners, so w- w- I think we've mentioned the term Womp a bunch of times, but Womp was Dave Thompson, and Womp was a pretty good p- hockey player himself, right? But his... His dad was the was the manager. Uh, Zip Thompson was the manager of Pine Point Arena, so these guys knew, you know, Womp forever. He was the same age as Babe and all those guys, but he was always around the arena. And uh, how did he get the name Womp, Babe? I can't remember how he got it, but you know, I've known I've known him my whole life, and he was great. Another great athlete, like yeah. he was really good. And he was a great goalie too in hockey. But he, he was played, he played Dom Day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. played for a long yeah. time. He was yeah. a high pick too. Yeah. Yeah. He had that great glove. He could scoop anything. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he was uh he was fantastic. Athlete. His older brother went to Michigan, right? Yeah. 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 Donnie played Donnie hockey. Yeah. 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 But Zip Zip was a fixture. Oh. Uh so just like the tree where Mrs. P was all those years on the direct opposite side of the field was Zip's tree or Zip's area, right? And he sat there forever by himself, smoking his cigars, Cigar. right? Smoking a fatty, yep. Yeah, and then he loved He was a fixture the whole day. You know, every yeah. once in a while, he'd pick up his chair and go have a bite probably home, and then he'd be back in an hour, you know? But he, he loved, loved it. it. Yeah. He, he, you know, and he loved talking to the guys. Yeah. And he'd go over and talk to them, and he just, he was great. Yeah. I mean, he had seen all those guys, you know, the majority of guys go through Pine Point playing either hockey or lacrosse. He saw me in house league there. Yeah. And he was impressed with you, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Was, yeah. But he knew the guys, he knew the families, he knew because he was at Pine Point 12 months of the year. So virtually every guy in Dom, as you say, babe, funneled their way through there and their parents too and whatever. So everybody knew him and he was a yeah, great he guy. Was great. Wamp, so, played, Wamp played for years, yeah. you know, until he moved to Barry. Yes, correct. Yeah. And that sort of took him out of the loop. Yeah. Yep. So, so anyhow, Justin, that's who Womp is. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, okay. So 
there was one other story that I wanted to touch that would have been around this Dom Day three time was the 10 men corporation. So we, we talked about the origins of 10 men. Um, but now on this time, there was something going on at a, a building site uh, that led to 10 men corporation. Babe, do you want to start off? Yeah, I remember. Um, well, it's up by the shell at Islington or no Kipling, Kipling and Rexdale Boulevard. And right behind the shell there, there's a building there. But it was brand new. They were just building it. It was a Bank of Montreal building. And Case and Donnie and uh, a few of the boys got up there for some photo ops and put up a sign that said, Home of the Ten Men Corp. So it was like it was their building. It was, it was brilliant. They had the hard hats. It was, you know, it was like a ribbon-cutting ceremony. It was, it was hilarious. I remember somebody, and I can't remember who it was, uh, saw them there and go, I didn't know that, you know, I didn't know they had a building. I was like, Oh my God, you know, figure it out. These <laughs> yeah. guys. And that's at about a 10 story building that sits to this day, right at the corner, basically of right. uh, Kipling and Rexdale Boulevard, right in behind that shell station. And it's, it was yeah. the big new building in Rexdale. Yeah. So some, some of us, uh, went back once it was open and, uh, God, I know, I know case had to be there, but it was a few of us and we went prancing in, I think we may even got nice shirts on and nice pants and whatever, and just walked in like we owned the place, right? Just looking around and you know, God, this turned out great. You know, or, how are you? You know, Slade Digby, Ten Men Corporation. <laughs> you know, it's, it's great. We rode the elevator up. Um, so, Donnie, where did where did Slade and Smokey come from? Well, so Pete Pete just uh, created you know the name uh, Smokey Burgess and. Uh, We'd have to defer to him. I think, I think we're going to hopefully have Pete on for an upcoming episode and maybe we'll get the, the story on that. And then Slade Digby was just uh, Slade took over for Smokey Burgess. So, and I don't know when the, when the years were that, you know, Smokey ran the tournament for the first, um, geez, the first had to be eight, eight to eight, nine years maybe. And then uh, he wanted to step back a little bit. And so Slade Digby came on and assume the commissioner's role and uh, Slade's first year was a fiasco. There's another great story on that that we'll get to at a later date, but, but yeah, they were just made up names, you know, and, uh, and Slade Digby just came about in the program. So we just, we just threw it in the program and uh, you know, Slade came to write the, uh, the inside of the program for years and just signed it, uh, you know, Dom Day chairman emeritus uh, Slade Digby. And, uh, People were always asking, you know, new people to the tournament wanted to know like who this guy was or whatever, right? And uh, but it just was just one of those names that we that just stuck that's like Smokey Burgess. So yeah. But that's uh, funny. Yeah, good stuff. All right. So that takes us to Dom Day Four, guys. Um, Dom Day Four. Uh, we see some change. We see some expansion teams. So Billy Pino brings the new machine in Dom Day 4, and How Do brings the Hawks, which replaced the Red Machine and the now defunct Beasleys. Um, we also have some rookies who join, join Dom Day. Uh, we have Jonesy joins Dom Day, Westy joins Dom Day, and uh, Wolfie, Nick Wolf, who goes on to win Rookie of the Year and host the Dom Day party um, that year, which we'll get to in a, in a bit of a sec in, in a second. Um, some of the highlights, I think that, uh, you know, that I saw the, well, the big highlight that jumped out to me was, it was 
Pete, uh, Dick Delmer, wins his first Silver Brick Award as a member of the new machine, um, which I'm sure he's going to be thrilled that we brought up. But uh, a first of, of multiple uh, Silver Bricks is my understanding. Um, but the one thing that there is, so there's two kind of stories about Dom Day, Dom Day 4, but the first one I'm going to ask Donnie about is this do versus do controversy that happened in Dom Day 4. Tell me a bit about this. Well, was this, was this, uh, I don't know, was this the original do, do versus yeah. do or was, yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is when the uniforms came out and instead of saying Domac, uh, which was the, the uh, shithouse uh, building company that Babe mentioned, they came out and it said do, D, do Mac, D-U. <laughs> Amazing. So, you know, we, we just, it was a, just a classic Al, right? And the uniforms came out and we're like, oh, what the hell is do? Because it was Domac dogs, you know, from the get-go. And uh, I don't know, just one of those things. And it's, you know, Al was just, you know, backpedaling and we were giving it to him, riding him hard. So the whole the whole weekend he took it. He took a ton of shit over that, you know. Um, and it paid off because the Domac dogs defeated the boys in, in Dom Day 4. Yeah. So... Um, they, or the uh, do, yeah. Dumac or the Domac dogs. I guess one of the one of the two teams yeah. won that year. So they, uh, yeah, they ran. They they had a good team, and that, that was their second, right? So they had won two in four years, right? And yep. uh, so yeah, so Al uh, Al's stock went up a lot after that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you think of the new guys like uh, Jonesy, uh, you know, and again another guy that you know looked a little different back in his rookie year. Uh, right, Cote? Yeah, physically, yeah, he adjusted yeah. slightly, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a quick question though did you guys look any different back then? I was a rake, yeah, <laughs> had hair. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, no. I had to go there, eh? I had, yeah, to, go I had there. to go there, okay. Well, you had two bulbs, yeah, yeah. exactly. I still had two bulbs, and interesting too, though, Je- Justin, it was interesting because I was a member of Howard's team in that that year, and uh, so this would have been 81, Dom Day 4, and um, now guys were getting a little more fancy with the uniforms. And, and I have to admit, the first year was the best because guys would have cotton T-shirts, and they were great. You could wear them everywhere. Because how do had us in these 185% polyester things that literally would rip the nipples right off you by the end of the tournament. They were just flat-out painful painful i'll never it, forget it it was, was that white. the rainbow ones the expos or the rainbow the uh, i think they one. were white with like i thought it was red and orange and black if i'm yeah. correct, i don't know i yeah. gave that thing the houston you astros, the houston yeah. astros? Thing, yeah. you had a guy within 20 feet of an open flame you were gonna die <laughs> that they, they were terrible yeah houston astros that's right so yeah that was that was uh that was pretty comical. And, and my uh, other two co-hosts, they, they actually were away that year. They missed Dom day four as they had a opportunity at a lacrosse opportunity in Western Canada. So babe and Donnie were missing from uh, Dom day four. And that's her. Yeah. So, so Cote, then you would have been the only guy there. Um, So I'll, I'll open up with you and I feel like you are a resident party (laughs) expert anyways. Um, But the party that year was, was at Wolfie's house. Um, it will, Wolfie won rookie of the year that year and then, and hosted what was a, my understanding, a pretty good party. 
Yeah, it was a great party. Wolfie lived on a little court up at the top end of uh, Watercliff, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, and uh, had a big pool in the backyard and it got stupid early and guys, people were throwing people in. Guys would show up nicely dressed for the party and that was a complete mistake because the better you were dressed, the quicker you were going in the pool. But the highlight of the party was when one of Wolfie's, there's Nikki and there was Mike Wolf and the sister, and one of them had a pet tarantula in one of the bedrooms. And Al got into the, got into the slop, and probably him and Lil might have shared a fatty. And he, uh, he thought he could pet the tarantula, and I think the tarantula <laughs> got out and got out underneath one of the beds, and all hell broke loose. And but uh, yeah, it was a great, it was a great party, absolute circus. Wolfie was, it, Wolfie was a lifer. Uh, that's funny. So, so I guess for anybody at home who's playing along with the, uh, the Dom Day podcast bingo, if you had uh, Nick Wolf owning a pet tarantula, you guys get the square for that one. That was <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That was definitely not one that I thought uh, possible. Um, okay, so that's Dom Day four, and we're on to the last Dom Day that we're going to do for for today. And and you know we'll be kind of quick on this one, but um, my understanding, Dom Day five was the first year that we go to a five team tournament. Um, the Beasley's come back in Dom day five. Um, better result for you, Donnie, this time you guys go to the final, but yeah. uh, you know, you and lose to Dick. A little, a little known <laughs> fact though, is that, uh, or nobody really remembers this cause I kind of keep it a secret, but that year, um, that, that year I had to miss the draft because of another lacrosse commitment. And so I tabbed Greg Woodford to take, take, take the help. So Greg went to the draft and drafted our team because again, pre-internet, pre, you know, all the stuff we did and whatever we do now and stuff. So I couldn't make it. And uh, so Greg went and drafted the team. And then, you know, I think I found out who my team was the next day. So probably why we did so well. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Donnie, the first yeah. first two episodes, you tell us you go over in the first two Dom days. You miss, you miss a Dom day. You make it to the finals, your first finals ever. And, and you just sell yourself out the river yeah. and say that Woodford drafted your team. Maybe if yeah. you paid, pay Dizzy a couple bucks, he'll, he'll let well, this out. But Woody but, did a great job. He's, he's another great guy. Like he's a, a West Humber guy. And, uh, you know, you're not going to find a more genuine guy out there. And, uh, was a friend of mine in high school and, uh, and, uh, he was on, uh, he was on the Beasley's team in, uh, Dom day two. And, uh, and so I tapped him, I wanted him running the show. I mean, he had talent. I could, one thing I could do is recognize talent, you know? Um, so <laughs> you just couldn't draft it. You know, yeah. I was going to say, Donnie, you know what they say about a good leader is he knows when to step back and let right. somebody else lead. And I think, you know, that shows some courage that you did yeah. that that year. So I, I think I think we swept the round robin and lost to Pete in the championship. So I think we were we ran the table and then we lost uh, a big upset, huge upset. But uh, no, a good tournament. Uh, we expanded to five teams. Right. Yep. So we had we had five teams again, uh, you know, um, I, and I think I think Buff was came in that year. I think that was yes. Buff. So I, I think yeah. with Howie, I think. Sure. Didn't he play yeah. for Howie? I think so. Yeah. Well, or, yeah, I think he did because he played the one year before the, the Hotel 13. Yeah. So that, yeah. That, that, this would have been the year. 
That was the year uh, Brian Mitchell took the short hop in the schnoz oh. and got ripped open. Yes. Right. Yeah. It was long before we ever made any attempt to groom the infield. It was just like, <laughs> suck it up, boys. It might be a little bumpy. Right. A hard shot across this concrete infield and just hit him right in the noggin. Blood everywhere. Get up. So Buff is a rookie this year, and he loses rookie of the year to uh, another Dom Day, uh, another Dom Day great still playing. Best chicklets on the sidelines. Danny Philman wins rookie <coughs> of the year that year. Um, anybody know what team he was playing for when he won rookie of the year? I want to say Bears boys. I want to say. Yeah. He was a uh, he was on Bears boys. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, but another that was great before out. the chicklets too. He's a guy that that his body hasn't changed. Yeah. He was in good shape then. And <laughs> he's still in good shape. Oh, we 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 finally got one who we, if we look back he still looks the same. Yeah. Oh. He liked his cocktails. Oh yeah. <laughs> Probably his demise when you look at it. Like he was <laughs> he was he was uh, I mean I you know I, I don't know what dom day it was maybe it couldn't have been his rookie year but I think it was a couple of years after where he just he was just face first on the sideline just planted uh on the first base side just immobile after consuming several cocktails i mean he was <laughs> and he and he was the guy who became an aircraft mechanic and now a proud grandfather right we're yeah. like really you're gonna there take care it. of an airplane you'd see him stumbling around and you're like oh he's responsible for a 747 yeah i uh i golf i golf with uh with um with Danny and his boys every, every Wednesday and we walk every week. And I, I hear that's probably the best thing given some of the stuff that he's gotten into in terms of driving golf carts at Dom day oh, golf geez. tournaments in, in the past. Oh yeah. That year he tried to drive it down the steps at, uh, Oh, and it high sided the, the nut for the steering thing caught the carpet. Otherwise he was going down in the clubhouse. That was classic. And in Baltimore too, he went right through the fence. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. That time that uh, uh, Rocky bailed out and, and they went right and he went right through the windshield. Yeah, he didn't mean to, but he did. And just like sleeping in the uh, vestibule there of the um, of one of the Rocky runs, right, Donnie? Remember him sleeping there on the bench? Yep. And, yeah, and- he, he he decorated the sidewalk every location we had. I think. Yeah, he was one of the few guys that was able to, to do that. Uh, he was a professional. He is a professional. <laughs> Al blew Tuesday. that gas shock that time. Yeah. So Al Tuesday. It was where? What was the origin of that, that nickname? Where uh, he he wear black gloves, and it was at uh, Gord Hawkins. No, it wasn't Gord Hawkins. We were at a stag in Weston, and he he was that when we he could. fell through the window. Yeah, that was when he fell through the storefront window. And he, but he always had black gloves. And there was that TV show. Um, what was that uh, that, that had uh, Al Monday? Yeah, I was. Um, wasn't the Avengers, but it was something like that. That's right. Yeah, and there was a guy named Al Monday. Monday. So we made, <laughs> we came up with Al Tuesday. But that, it was the best because to think of Al. I, oh, Al Tuesday is going to be there on Thursday with his buddy Friday. Yeah. <laughs> And then, okay, so the other the other award, and this could have taken a whole episode, um, but Gordy McRae wins his first silver brick in Dom Day 5. He's won a few of those. He's won a block. Um, he probably went drafted. He probably went, like, top three. Really? He, he, Gordy was a good athlete in that, and he probably just got into the booze and shit the bed. <laughs> he, he was a great player. I mean, he... he... 
you know, those, you know, he refused to wear shorts. Um, and he had those same gray sweats for <laughs> 25 years. Remember right? his infamous but, cartwheel after hitting the home run that time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the, one of the all time Dominic characters. I mean, you know, I think we've mentioned before, but his, to me, his prowess wasn't so much on the field it was off the field. I mean, you could hear him bellow out the chirps, you know, you could hear it all the way over to McDonald's from his, from the third base. And he had the perfect timing. Like he just, then he had that cackle, cackle. <laughs> you know, and there still does, you know, um, that's one of the things I miss. I can't wait to hear again. Uh, but a great guy just always had a great, uh, great attitude. Uh, but he was a high end pick back in the day. Uh, yeah. you know, he had a long ball. Yeah, oh yeah. He's he dropped a few notches, good. believe me, but, uh, but he was good in his day. Uh, yeah, he was a snapper last year. I can guarantee you he did not hit any long balls no. last time we played. <laughs> no, no. And oh. he booted me from first base, too. So, uh, uh, yeah. Anyways, guys, so our last party of the night was, uh, and I, I think we've got a quick story on this one, is uh, party was at Delmer's and Lil waking up on the driveway, but there was. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great. This was a great party. I think they just kept getting better and better. I think we had them three years in a row at Delmer's. Is that right? And two or three for sure. Yeah, it was two. Yeah, it was two. two. Yep. So, but he had a great facility. He had a great backyard. Had he had Delmer had the the little bar downstairs. Bar, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't think it was this one. It might have been this one where we had uh, the first awards so to speak. It was either this one or the next party. might have been the next one Yeah, where we had the little memory had the little bar downstairs, you know, that some people had in their rec room or whatever, you know, the little six foot, eight foot bar. And he had one down there. And I remember uh, that we, we did the the first sort of uh, Dom day awards down there, but uh, I think it was the next year we did that, but this party was really good. And a lot of people ended up spending the night crashing because it was so good. And then somebody walked out in the morning and uh, I want to say it was Tink. I think it was Tink came out in the morning and Lil, <laughs> Lil was in his, uh, what do you have? Like a Monte Carlo or something? Was it? A, yeah, he had a Monte Carlo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a gold or a, a something, Monte Carlo. He and, had that uh, Lincoln too, that. Yeah, the Lincoln, maybe it was the Lincoln. Remember the, the suicide Lincoln. doors? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, he had the doors down and he was passed out and he was leaning, had the chair you know, back and he was, and when tank tank came out and he saw there was a big cat sleeping on Lil's gut. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, oh, we got a lot of mileage out of that for oh, years. That is <laughs> classic. <laughs> That's the closest he came to, uh, you know what? <laughs> uh, well, Kote, I think we're going to leave it there. Uh, <laughs> let's end with a bang. Um, so guys, any, any final words before we wrap it up? I know we just kind of zoomed through, uh, Dom day two through Dom day five, but maybe, uh, maybe Kote, I'll open up with you. You got any final words before we wrap it up? Those were great. Those, those first year were awesome. As we, we indicated, you know, Dom day one, we just kind of threw together. And then after that, there started to legitimately become structure. And as we, you know, hit Dom day four, you had guys like Jonesy and Wolfie and those guys, Westy wanting to come on board and more and more guys kept started to hear about this infamous July 1st Dom Day thing. 
And uh, that's how it, it slowly grew. And as, as we go through the more episodes, more and more guys came on board because it was a great way to spend uh, as much as guys maybe wanted to go away to cottages on the July 1st weekend. It was much better to be in Rexdale. Uh, fair. Good point. Donnie, final words. Yeah, I, I you know, I think the as you go through these, you can see how like Dom Day one, we can kind of remember almost verbatim in a way. But as we as we uh, sort through here, two, three, four, five, some of the things kind of start to jumble a little bit. And I think that, you know, I think that's it's hard to it's hard to pick out Dom Day five and remember everything about it as much as Dom Day one. You know, so, uh, so some of the stories might get twisted a little bit, but you can see how it's starting to roll. We're, we're starting to get more, more teams, more guys. Uh, we have five teams. I think we're running 10 guys at this point. So we're probably up to 50 players. Whereas four years ago we were at, what was it? 30 or 32 or something. Ooh, so, so it starts to go, there's a lot more happening on the sidelines. Uh, yeah. There's yeah, some crowds. Yeah. The parties are getting monumental. Like it's probably one of the big things about Dom day is the, the legendary parties and the, uh, the activities. And uh, it just gets even, even bigger after this, but uh, it's great to, to sift through this stuff and you can see, you can kind of feel how it starts to build, you know, get you going, you know, you wish you were having one this year, but hopefully we will. We'll see. Finger, fingers crossed that Labor Day will come through. Babe, I'll give you the final word. Yeah, you know, it's funny, you know, that I remember the one year, Donnie, that we, we both missed and Case missed as well. Uh, and I remember we were thinking about, you know, should we go to this lacrosse event or should we stay in for the dump day? And, you know, we we're trying out for the Canadian national team. And, and we said, oh, well, we better go. So um, it's interesting that that was the only one I missed. And I always said, you know, I'll never miss one again. And no matter what happens in life, wherever we are, we got to get back. And we always, we always have been able to get back because it means so much. And you, you know, you look at that, that early time and the friendships and the building of, you know, all the events, like, you know, we didn't even get into, you know, Leo's, the breakfast we used to have. And guys showing up and Al Skira, you know, showing up with his leathers and guys getting dressed up for that, you know, with, with house coats and going to Leo's at seven in the morning uh, before the tournament started for breakfast. I mean, those were some great times. And yeah, I mean, just through the years to think about how it has developed and all the guys involved and the Eddie Milton, you know, of the world and the people that, you know, you, you hear a lot about, but you don't really know who they are, you know, the Dickers. The Dumpkeys, you know, those are those are some neat names that that have a, a spot in history in Dom Day. Yeah, and, and we haven't even we haven't even got to a lot of key figures that are going to become part of the fabric of this tournament that we haven't even talk, talked about yet. You know, they 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 weren't around these first five years, and uh, so that's going to be cool to think about that as as we talk further. You know, so good stuff. Well, guys, thank you again for uh, another great episode. As we always say, we've got more stories to come, so uh, be sure to tune in for our next episode. Um, as we mentioned at the end of every episode, we are hoping to do a mailbag uh, in a future episode, so be sure uh, to drop us a line. Tell us what you're thinking. Uh, ask our esteemed guest or co-host a question at the email info.domday at gmail.com. Again, that's info.domday at gmail.com. 
Thank you guys and see you next time. Oh, 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 oh. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with.